scary girl. Hi, everybody. Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And I'm Brenda. Hey! And this is... Dead Time Stories. A weekly podcast where I, Stephanie, get together with my friend Sarah and we talk about spooky tales, ghost stories, true crime, unsolved mysteries, paranormal, supernatural, or just the generally weird, eerie, strange things. Whatever it is that we want to talk about that week. Why is that, Sarah? Because it's our show. And guess what? It's not yours. Mm, spoiler alert. Uh, so me and Sarah are here every week. But if you're new to the show, go start at the beginning. Please. But otherwise, it's October and it's Guestoberfest. Where every episode of October, we like to have a guest on and we are doing a little bookend. First episode of Guestoberfest, we had a podcast host. Last episode of Guestoberfest, we have a podcast host. Brenda, tell the people about yourself. Well, hello, everybody. Um, so as I uh, as they mentioned, my name is Brenda, and I'm the creator and host of a podcast called Horrifying History. Um, Horrifying History is where you hear about the unexplained, the paranormal, and the supernatural happenings that stains the pages of history. We like to look at all types of spooky. We look at all sides. So what does lore tell us? What does the historical documentation show us about the situation? Can science actually help explain things? And then we let our listeners decide what is real. I love that. So obviously, if you're a fan of Dead Time Stories, you're probably going to be interested in what they talk about on Horrifying History. And by they, I mean Brenda. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we talk about the spooky and only about the spooky. It could be a they because Brenda could have some ghosts with her. It's true. It's she could. And Brenda could use they, them pronouns, but I don't think she does. I think she uses she, her pronouns, which is As great. we threw all of them out. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to throw every pronoun out there, and they're all cool. I'm sure it's fine. But mm-hmm. she is here today, and we're really excited to have her on. Uh, oh, thanks for having me. I was going to say, are we going to go ahead? I'm like, well, we're also ahead, excited because Brenda is our first international guest. Correct. I was like, we can't forget that. We cross country borders. We can't forget that. We didn't go overseas. Correct. She's not overseas. She's international, but she's not overseas. They're not always interchangeable. <laughs> yes, um, I am actually based out of Ottawa, Canada. And uh, yeah, um, I mentioned to you guys before that like yesterday I had poutine for supper, but today I'm going with enchiladas. So that yeah, that has nothing to do with anything. But they're Except delicious. that that's how I learned that it's pronounced poutine and not poutine. I know that is the Quebecois way saying of it. Because that's for how sure. I've, I mean, to be fair, I've only ever heard Americans say it, but I've always heard it pronounced poutine. No, but I feel like I'm like, still going to say it that way. I'm, st- I'm still going to fall into it. Poutine. But if it makes you guys feel any better, do you know what other Canadian word I loathe? Like, okay, I love I love poutine. Like, it's delicious. But um, the one thing, the Canadian word I hate with a passion is toque. What the hell? That is a wool hat. It's a beanie. Like, it, it's, it's it's not. Like, is it's that a word spell. that people use to describe a beanie? Yes. It's like, you know, like the wool hat with the pom-pom. That you wear I know what you're talking about because when I lived yeah. in New York, what they call it in New York, and I was like, I've never heard this before. In New York, they call it a scully, a scully cap. 
I hate the word toque so much because it's not even spelled the way that you logically think it should be said. It, like with a with a G and, and a Q's and oh my god, it's horrible. What? I'm so word. confused. Yeah. I hate the word. I've never heard that in my life. It's the worst word ever. I've heard it's a almost, beanie or a toboggan. That's what they call it yeah, where toboggan. I'm from, either a beanie or a toboggan. Oh, toboggan is a slit. I know, and that's what everybody up here says. They're like a toboggan's a sled. And I'm like, well, where I'm from, I've heard a hat called either a beanie or a toboggan. But when I was in New York, yeah, I heard them call it a scully cap. And I was like, ew, I hate that. That's gross. But a toque? Toque sounds like a it sounds like it a dirty roll word. Off your mouth. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it sounds, it? It's like it sounds, rolls off your mouth it like, like a bad. slur. Like I don't even it's know like, for who, like but it sounds like it's a slur against someone, and I don't like it. Honestly, it it's sounds like, like, like a verb. Like bile coming out of my mouth when I say a it. verb. Like, Two. Yeah. It sounds like a I verb. It. it sounds I hate it. like you could do like, that. It's a, horrible. It's the past tense of uh, of stole. Somebody's like, oh, where'd you get it from there? Oh, I just took it right when I wanted it. I just took it and put it right in my pocket. I took it from you. How'd you get it? I took it. I refuse to call it a toque. I made a stand. It's a horrible Well, we've word. used the There's word many times. I hate it, though. Yeah. I'm with you. I'd never heard it before, and I hope I never hear it again. I it's disgusting. would I almost it. bet $100 that we are going to say that word at least 20 more times in this episode. <sighs> oh, Even not just only that. In this episode. Just in this episode. But just all winter. <laughs> I can see it now. In wintertime, you're going to put on your hat. You're like, this is a toque. And I'm going to think I, of oh. it, and then I'm going to be gonna feel... so mad, and I will have no one to blame Yeah, I was like, Brenda. we blame Brenda. <laughs> you're going to be like, I feel so dirty. I feel so dirty. We're going to think, oh, we're gonna think took, it. and then we're going to be like, in Brenda. <laughs> Thanks. I hate it. <laughs> Well, I, I can throw out a French swear word that you can throw at my way, tabernacle. There you go. Tabernacle? Kind of matches. Yeah. Tabernacle is a swear difference. word in Here. French? Oh, gosh, yes. Oh, that's horrible. Well, because um, I know so, about like a tabernacle. So, is, so what's so a ta- word? Exactly. tabernacle? Exactly. You're on it. You're on it. So basically the difference between English swearing and French swearing is English is body parts, body functions, right? Whereas French, it's sacrilege against the Catholic Church. So tabernacle is tabernacle. Colis is the cup. Right. And all of that to them is the worst. So my mom, actually, her first language is French. She learned English at 14. And my mom, um, when I after I was started dating my husband, who is also francophone, um, he um, I actually started swearing in French more in front of her. So remember, I swear in English all the time. And mom's like, yeah, that's fine. The first time I said tabernacle, my mom lost it. She's like, oh, Brenda, no, no. <laughs> That's just wrong. And I'm like, Mom, considering what you think of the Catholic Church, do you really think that this is a bad thing to say? And she's like, you know what? You're right. Go ahead. She's like, Brenda, you watch your fucking mouth. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. She's like, swear in English. It's better. And I'm like, but Mom, it actually in a way is better. She goes, no, it's sacrilege. No, it kind of really bugs me. So I swear in French in front of my mom and everywhere else I do what my husband does. He he swears in Fringlish. Like, this man has skills. Like, Fran- Francophones in Quebec speak very quick. Um, Canadians spend to s- are sen- are tend to speak a little faster than Americans do. But Stefan, when he swears, holy mother of God. Oh, my gosh. Your husband's put- name is Stefan. Stefan. Yeah. Oh, oh just to give God. you this full it's French name. It's the boy name parents- of Stephanie. <laughs> oh, Brenda, how did you not tell me that? <laughs> his parents must have hated him. You want to know his full name? Yes. I do. Um, Joseph Gilles Yvon Stefan Paquette. How, what, you can't, he probably couldn't spell his name till he hit 25 because it's so damn long. Like, that's just That's mean. a token My mouthful. brother's name isn't, my brother's name, <laughs> shut up. 
My brother's name isn't as long, but my brother also is has a very French name because I told you my dad uh, is Haitian and his mother uh, was French. And my brother is named after my dad, and he's Louis-Philippe Carnesson, and it's hyphenated. But, of course, we're American, so he's Louis Philip. Uh, but he goes <laughs> by Philip. He doesn't go by Louis, and he hates to be called Louis. Um, but, yes, technically my brother. It is spelled Louis-Philippe, and when he was a kid, like, I'm the only one in my family that could ever find my name on those, like, personalized, like, license plates or pencils or whatever, because my sister is Gail Marie, and it's hyphenated, and she was named after our mom and our grandma. So, like, her name wasn't on shit. <laughs> My brother's name was the French spelling of Philip, not the English spelling. So, Philip, you could find on stuff, but it was P H I L I P. And my brother's name is P H I L I P P E. And that wasn't on shit because that's the French spelling. So I was the only one that I had like a little bike license plate that said Stephanie. <laughs> and I had like Stephanie pencils and a Stephanie keychain because I was the only one with a name that was like normal. <laughs> and I say normal feel- like with quote fingers because like the only like Americanized name. Well, if it makes you feel any better, whenever we have telemarketers to this day call our house and they're asking for him, they always ask for Stephanie Pequette. And you're like, I'm sorry, they don't live here. No, no, I do better. I'm like, just a second. And then he gets on the phone. Hello. (laughs) This is Stephanie. It's Stephanie Puckwet. Angel-faced Marie. Oh, my God, yes. (laughs) As we're laughing in the background. He actually once, uh, he was using his credit card. This is about two years ago. I swear to God, the girl looked at him. She goes, "Um, I think that this is a stolen card. What? And they're like looking at him and looking at the card. I'm like, that's his card. And then, she, and I'm like, his name is not Stephanie. It's Stefan, S T E P H A N E. It's the French way. And she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. She thought it was, he stole a female's Stephane. card. Yeah. And secondly, just to point out the gender issue with that, he could be Stephanie. Doesn't matter. If, what if he was going by they? Talking about right? genders again. Yeah, exactly. I, you, that's so offensive. You transphobic bitch, take my card. <laughs> just pay for it. Store it off. And she's <laughs> like, I thought this wasn't your card because this is a picture of a completely different person on this different ID. <laughs> I thought it wasn't your card because you showed me your ID and it's a completely different name, you <laughs> asshole. Different name. This doesn't even match the name on this card, sir. Or madam uh, or you. That's what she was. She was just that. so irate. She was just pissed. Like, she was, like, positive. She caught, like, the a, biggest a theft thief. ever going down. Oh, she was and I'm like, like, no. She was like, Jacques. <laughs> and I'm like, there's no I, lady. There's no I. <laughs> people spell it all kinds of cruel. dumb ways i'll tell you that right now sarah will know that with her name sarah like people spelling it without an h i've seen all sorts of dumb spellings of stephanie and when i worked somewhere where i had to pick people's name with their order and they would be like my name is stephanie and i would be like s-t-e-p-h-a-n-i-e and they'd be like yeah and i would be like Good. you mean the right way <laughs> you See, mean your name you is spelled be- correctly that's <laughs> what i thought starbucks and just start giving fake names like i, I never actually give Shaz- never Shazam. I just give Shazam because I want somebody to yell Shazam. Your your latte's ready. Because <laughs> um, my name's boring. It's Brenda. Like seriously, you can't mess it up. You can't shorten it. It's just boring. So why I, go with Wonder Woman? Brenda, have you been to an American Starbucks? I think up. you'd be surprised. They'll, They'll screw fuck it up. <laughs> They'll be like, Brenda, did you say Billy? <laughs> Billy. Let's fuck it up, y'all. Let's let's speak of some things. It's it's time. I'm ready. I'm ready to. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm ready to. 
took this down a different. Are you ready? Hey, Sarah. No. I can't hear that word. It's like nails on a All right, let's took this in a different direction. (laughs) Hey, Sarah. Hey, Stephanie. Hey, Hey, Brenda. Brenda. (laughs) Y'all ready ready to talk talk about some some ghosts? Oh, yes, I am. Do it. Talk about the ghosts. Brenda, what are you telling us about today? Well, I'm going to tell you about a ghost toque. See, you said it this time. (laughs) Are you going to tell us about it? Are you, Brenda? Do it. uh, sorry yes, about it. I'm tell going me. to tell you about it. <laughs> Brenda's now like, I'm so sorry I agreed to come on this show. <laughs> hey, I'm all open for the Canadian mocking, and um, and as a Canadian, I got to apologize for not letting you mock me more. You're all about you the, can hit us. You're Canadian, so you're all about the mocking. Would you say you're all about Colin mockery? He's a Canadian. <laughs> he's a Canadian. I'm sorry. Please, oh, please go on. Tell us what you're Stephanie, talking about today. Brenda. Was that your line or whose line was that? <laughs> whose line is it anyway? I don't even know. <laughs> Ooh, oh I'm sorry, goodness. Brenda. Took See, it away. It's hard to tell a goth- ghost story when you're laughing. I know. We but, tell a lot um, of jokes here. So. <laughs> So, um, actually, I wanted to do something a little different from you guys. Um, my show, basically, what we do is we talk about stories and historical stories. And um, so what I thought I'd do is bring to you the common questions that I get asked about my podcast, which is, and I'm sure that you guys have been asked this a lot yourself, do I believe in the world of the supernatural and have I always believed in the paranormal? So my answer to that actually is yes and no. Um, since I was a kid, I was always um, obsessed with mythology. Um, now, to let you know a little bit of piece of, of information, I did actually say on my podcast, when I was um, in grade one, I literally was checked out of the library, books on Greek and Roman myths. And yes, I was that nerd that made, believe it or not, family trees of these guys to totally understand what I was reading. Oh, to like understand yes. who's related to who, yes. who's married oh my God, to who. Because Zeus had kids with Correct. fucking everybody. Oh, he was a whore. He would that just call everybody. It, he was a man whore. He, oh. he fucked everybody. Oh. oh, and he was. Oh, let's just call it. He was a rapist. Let's, let's be real. Let's be real because it's 2020. Zeus was a rapist. It, there you go. He was. So this this obsession with history came at a very young age. I've always needed proof on things, though. And that's why on our podcast, we look at a subject of all sides and let our listeners find out what is true, what is fiction in their own mind. Because I always needed the proof. So with that disclaimer, I'm going to tell you guys about something that happened to me um, that made me believe in life after Ooh, death. We love here for it. ghost stories. <laughs> They're the best. So, <laughs> well, since, um, again, we're talking about Canada and mocking it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm opening up a whole new door for you guys. I was born and raised on a farm in the Canadian prairies. And when I was about three, my dad um, told us that the next day we were going to go and pick rocks and roots on some broken um, land. Now, for your listeners who have no clue what that's about, um, basically what consists of is first you get machinery to come and take out the trees. Then you bring another, another machine called a rock picker to take out the big rocks and then all the roots and leftover rocks are taken out by hand it is so much work every kid knows it and of course the standing farm kid joke is that's why, why farm, uh, farmers yeah. have kids free labor 
So I um, think that's why kids, all like, people have kids. Let's be real. My mom real. made me do all the chores, all the dishes. I think she had me mm-hmm. so that the baseboards would always be cleaned. Because let's be real. When you talk about not wanting to have kids, one of the first things people say is who's going to take care of you when you're old. Like you have children <laughs> with the idea that they're the going to take care of you. Their whole job is like, I gave you life. Now I'm giving you a job. So take it. <laughs> And think about it. You're at the height of the baseboards. It's easier for you to reach. Right? That's a job for a child. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) But picking rocks and roots. Um, Actually, it was funny. Um, I I told I was talking about this situation to my dad, and I remember telling him about this, and I said, you know what, Dad? I'll never pick rocks or roots again. It's horrible work. I'd rather prostitute myself. And he's like, that's nice. And I'm like, actually, it would be easier to prostitute myself than pick up rocks and roots. And he's like, oh, that's that's awesome. And we're going to stop this conversation right now. So, (laughs) as obviously, most kids hate this job. It's dirty. It's hard work. But my my three-year-old self was really excited because this meant on that day I got to ride in the bucket of the tractor so what for those of you who've never been on a tractor the bucket is the far or the front apparatus of it um, and it's the scoop plate thing so what happens is you kids you climb into it they raise it up and then you drive around really fast and it's so much fun but on this day um, I was we were allowed to ride in the bucket with my brother and sister and my brother and sister were given strict instructions and I'm pointing this out to them because I'm going to tell them you better listen to this because I need to give you some extra guilt. Y'all need to remember <laughs> who was supposed to remember. fucking be in charge of the situation, i.e. You, <laughs> you, the older siblings. And they Vis-a-vis the bucket. <laughs> <laughs> so they were supposed to watch me, which obviously meant the second that they were told that by mom and dad, they would just like, yep, yep, sure, 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 and turn away and Classic do their own Classic older so, sibling. Of course. I can't blame them for that. Except when they listen to that, I blame you. It's all your fault. Now that we're adults, I can blame them. And I do. (laughs) So when I was in the bucket, bucket, I was so excited. Uh, Mom and dad said, sit down, hang on. Because where I was sitting and where the bucket was located, it's not in a direct line of sight. So when they started to move, um, of course, I wanted to get a better view. So I stood up and looked around. Mom and dad didn't see. My sibling said nothing. So I'm like, okay, I'm cool, right? So what I did is I think I need to get a little higher here. So in the bucket was a couple loose rocks. And I'm thinking if I stood on that biggest rock right by the edge, I could see even farther. So I stood up on that rock. And as soon as I did, my dad hit a bump. So the rock shifted. And the next thing I knew, I was flying over that top of bucket. And it's almost like it's in slow motion at this point. Because my memory is, I remember going over the top of the bucket, seeing the engine, seeing the underside of the engine, seeing the front tire of the tractor coming at me. And then it ran over me. Uh, spoiler alert, I lived. I was just going to um, say, Brenda, oh my I... God, did you Brenda, die? Brenda, did you die? <laughs> <laughs> yes. You're talking. I'm the ghost story. Surprise, this month on she's Guest the ghost. She's a ghost. She's a fucking ghost. See, I'm the first international ghost. The first ghost ever oh my god, I love that. International ghost. So, um, yeah, I've seen the back tire coming towards me. Now, the problem with that, it, it can get worse. The tires were coming at me, but the if you guys can imagine, the front tire of a tractor is survivable. Um, because it is smaller than the front ones usually, um, and it, but it is bigger than a car tire. The back ones are called duels, which means there's two tires on each side, and those are about the same size that you see throwing in a CrossFit gym. They're big and they're heavy. 
So due to that soil being soft that day and due to the fact I literally fell into a tiny little micro dip in the ground and my head and neck were nowhere near the front, I survived that piece, obviously. But now I realize, obviously older, that if I got those, and I even knew at the time to a certain extent, if I got hit by those back tires, I was dead. Mm -hmm. That was it. So when I seen the duels coming at me, I actually seen something behind the tractor that I did I couldn't explain because it was my dad. So he was standing behind the tractor, which I didn't understand how this was possible because he was driving the tractor. I could see him where I was at and I could see my mom too. Um, so the dad behind the tractor, he had white hair. The dad behind the tractor had his normal black hair. Dad on the tractor, he was wearing normal clothes that he was earlier that day. Blue jeans, a ball cap, cowboy boots, a plaid work shirt. But the dad behind the tractor was wearing like a white button-up shirt that was undone at the neck. And my my tractor dad never, I'd never seen my dad in a white shirt, like ever. Um, then he was also wearing these pants. Pants were kind of a wool-based pants and it had a crease in the front and it, he was wearing suspenders. I can honestly say that my dad never had a pair of pants like that and my dad would never go in suspenders he was an albertan cowboy mm -hmm. he had a belt buckle like the size of a license plate but he did not have any suspenders so i had no idea what the heck was happening i was already confused when i hit the ground then i got all the air knocked out of me and then all of a sudden as i turned my head away from the duels not to get my head squished and they started to pinch the right side <gasps> of my body because they were starting to run over me that's when the tractor stopped then it backed out and my mom and dad, like, baseball slid into the ground beside me to see, well, you know, did they kill their kid? Uh, so they were obviously freaking out. Um, was I in pain? Oh, my God, are you okay? Can you sit? Can you, you know, typical parent stuff, because, you know, they did run over their child. So, see, Mom, my Christmas present just kind of it got better from that, because you almost killed me. But either way. So um, they were checking me out pressing into my abdomen because they weren't doctors like not like that could check for internal bleeding there was no ribs poking out and I was like no I'm fine and I kept on trying to sit up and the only thing you could see when you raised my shirt like literally there was a tire track like red oh purple gosh. tire tracks across my midsection on my rib cage and my by my pelvis but and I was filthy and I'm like no I'm fine but mom dad like how did how did dad get behind the tractor how did he change his clothes and like dad's like I wasn't behind the tractor and I'm like, but dad, you, I swear to God, you were there. You were there. And you were, how did you get there? And he's like, Brenda, you hit your head. You must have hit your head. I'm like, I didn't hit my head, dad. You hit your head. You're so, like, I didn't hit my head, course. dad. You ran over me. Not just that, but like. <laughs> you ran over not my head. I saw that before I even hit the ground. Like, that was something I noticed before I hit the ground. So I didn't hit my head. I saw that. Also, you reminder, you that, ran over me. <laughs> but isn't that kind of what people go to? It's got to be something other than... Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah that'll right? explain it. So, right. I can't explain what you said, so you must be saying something that is incorrect. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm saying... And of course, I was three. I was going to say, and you were three, what, so like how... What vocabulary did you have to explain what you were seeing? That's something I was talking about with somebody the other day about tinfer tantrums. Because like when you're mm -hmm. two or three, like you <laughs> don't have the logistical, like the linguistic skills to explain how complex what you are experiencing is. Exactly. Exactly. And they were... And I can understand their scenario because the reality is they literally just run over their kid with the tractor. And she's yelling so about how dad was behind the tractor in different clothes. And you're like, honey, shh, shh It's all okay. You were run over by a tractor. <laughs> you hit your head. You know, the internal bleeding. We're more worried about that than your mental state. We're good. We're you're good. okay. You know, I was actually telling a friend of mine this same story today. And she was... I says, you know, because she grew up on a farm too. 
And they said, you know how it is. You get your arm stuck in a thresher and like, walk it off. You only need one arm. Walk it off. It's a very typical. She's like, if I had a nickel for every time one of my brothers got run over by a tractor and lived. (laughs) But you know what she said to me? She goes, have you ever, you remember those old ringer washers that had the the rotating things? I'm like, yeah, my grandma totally had one of those. And so did my mom. She goes, did you ever get your arm stuck in that? I'm like, yeah. And my husband was there and he's like. How the hell did you get your arm stuck in a ringer washer? I'm like, if you had a ringer washer, you'd totally get it. It's totally, it's totally, very totally possible. Doable. I promise. So, it happened. So all the time. So she said, yeah, totally happened to me too. And I, so I'm putting it out for your listeners. Please send any emails to Dead Time Stories to tell about your experiences <laughs> getting with your dogs, arm getting your in arm caught washer. into a ringer washer. <laughs> so I'm going to put a pause on that little story for a minute because a couple days after the event... I'm still confused as heck about what happened, but I met a woman who was, I considered my best friend. Uh, Her name was Bernadette, and she was like the funnest person ever. We played dolls together. She'd read me stories, and those two are my favorite things. So, of course, she had me at books. Um, Then the one thing, though, I felt really safe with her, um, really loved. And and, and for any kid, that is huge. And um, she kept on talking about how she thought it was really nice that we got along so well. We liked the same things and we looked so much alike, which I thought was cool, too. And then soon after this, my mom brought up to me about who she was calling my imaginary friend. And so I told my mom that I'm not imagining Bernadette. And that was the first time that I used the word, the name Mm -hmm. to her. And um, she kind of stopped for a second and she said, okay, um, can you describe what Bernadette looks like? So that's when I started telling her what she looked like. She was short, she was plump, and she looked just like me, but with white hair. And I told her how we would play dolls and we would hang out and she would read books to me and how that she was, I was her special little girl. So my mom actually looked a little shocked at the moment. And she said, well, are you scared when you're playing with Bernadette? Mike? why? I feel no, she's good. She's taking care of me. And mom says, well, it's fine to play at Bernadette if Bernadette wants to. Don't push her into it if she doesn't want to. And so basically she was like my best friend until I went to kindergarten. So when I went to kindergarten, I noticed that Bernadette didn't come around the house very much. And then after kindergarten, not really very much at all. So a couple years after that. So I was about five and I was allowed to play at an old house that was on my grandparents, like my dad's um, parents' property. It was only about 50 feet away from the main house and it was still partially furnished so the thing is our grandparents told us they lived in that house originally and then when they had more kids they outgrew it and then they moved into the main house and it was safe there was nothing wrong with the floor so go ahead and play so that one day my cousins and I were playing in this house and one of my cousins found it kind of looked like a strange little green uh, green hard covered book with a clasp on it so we opened it. It wasn't a book. It was, um, it held negatives and the negatives were from a camera. I don't know what kind of camera it'd be, but it would be, it, they were about five by seven. They were quite big. Um, and it looked like there was a lot of the same people in the pictures and it looked like to be mostly one person, but you couldn't really tell who it was because, well, it's obviously a negative, mm-hmm. right? So I brought the book um, outside for me to flip through. And I, wh- where I went to is my favorite spot in the farm to hang out with. It was a porch swing on that old house, like in the front porch. So I'm flipping through and I look down and I seen between the porch boards, there was actually a coin there and it looked really old and it looked like it was bronze and silver, which I thought at that time was really cool. So I decided it's my new lucky coin and that coin is going to come with me everywhere. So I've just promptly put it in my pocket. And just to give you guys a little heads up, every time I travel, 
um, every time that I am nervous, every time I have something important, that I bring that coin with me to this day. Oh, I was going to ask, to so, this day, you still have it. Yep. Yep. I'm still, I still carry it every time. Like, even if I'm going on a little road, weekend road trip, it's yeah. on my neck. So, um, so the interesting thing was I took that coin in my pocket and then I picked out those negatives and I went to see my grandma who was in the main house. So I gave her these negatives and she actually got really quiet for a second, which I actually thought that I did something wrong. And then she kind of looked at me, she says, you know what, I'm going to get these developed and then I'm going to, we're going to go look at them together. I'm like, okay, cool. I thought it was weird, but I'm like, eh, I'm a kid. I'll watch Flintstones, call it a day. So uh, about a week later, it was my grandfather that um, he came up to me and he pulled out these photos out of his pocket. And he says, look, I got these developed for you, but I want to talk to you before we look at them together. So this is where he told me that he was not my biological grandfather. What? So, so he told me the story about when my grandma was a young woman, actually she was 16, um, she met and fell in love with a man and that man proposed to her and they got married. And he said, the house that you play in is the house that he built for grandma and him to live. And he said they were very, very happy together. And very soon after they got married, they started growing their family. And they had my dad first, who was named after his father, who was Theodore. So that was the first time I heard my dad was a junior. Then came my Uncle Pat and my Uncle Bob. So when my dad was about nine, Grandpa Theodore, he actually um, told Grandma that morning that he thought he was coming down to the flu. So he worked extra hard that day in the fields um, because he was getting his plowing done. He thought he was going to be stuck at home for a couple days. Mm -hmm. So around noon, he came back to the house to have lunch with Grandma and the kids. After lunch, he went and did what he did every single day after lunch. He went out to sit on that porch swing that I told you guys about, and he would go have a cigarette. And this is where he had a heart attack. And he, it was very quick. He died pretty well instantly. Um, so grandma went outside to check on him and she found the love of her life dead on the front porch of their house in the exact spot. That was my favorite hangout spot on their farm. So grandma obviously was devastated and the news about this event because my grandpa was well known in the community just flew and this is how my grandpa heard about what happened so my grandpa was good friends with my grandma and his brother was too with grandma when they went to elementary school and uh, through school together so they decided that she needed help and they were going to act typical farm community and so they would go over there to help um help her manage and work the farm so this was my grandpa's words. What happened next in his words was he got incredibly lucky. He said they fell in love. And a couple years after grandpa Theodore died, my grandpa Mike and my grandma got married. So then came my uncle Bill, my uncle George and my auntie Marianne. So grandpa told me at that time, he was not only lucky because grandma fell in love with him, but he was so lucky to be able to get a whole bunch of kids, not only biologically, but a great group of kids for him to love. And also that he got to be able to choose me as his grandchild. Like he said, there's no difference between you and the biological grandkids. We're just one happy left family and I love you no matter what. And when I looked at him, I knew it was completely true. And this is where he took out the photo pack. And that's when I went into a bit of a shock because the man in the pictures that was my grandfather was the man standing behind the tractor. He looked just like my dad, white hair, woolen pants, white shirt, button up, long sleeve suspenders. It was the same outfit. I, I didn't even know what to say at this point, other than it just really, it was a huge, it just clicked into my mind yeah. that my, my grandpa came to help his son and his granddaughter the day I could have died. 
He was there for his son and his and his granddaughter. I didn't even know what to say at this point. So Grandpa Mike, um, he he looked like he wanted some sort of response, and I told him how much I loved him and that I'm totally cool with it. Let's watch more Flintstones. But um, it kind of really sunk in my head a bit, and I I'm trying to rationalize all this. So a couple days later. My mom found me looking through those photos because he gave them to me for about the nine zillionth time. And she I was a little concerned. She says, I'm kind of wondering if you're OK with what I learned. And I told her, you know, it makes me sad that my dad and my grandma went through this pain. But mom, this is not what's upsetting me. And then that's when I asked her, do you remember when I got run over by the tractor? Yes, I actually did say it literally like that. And I still do that. And she's like, yes, mom, please do you remember stop. When I, got run over like, by the I wish you would stop talking yeah. about she's it. Like, you bring it up stop, every like, time you're up. in trouble. I'm really over it. <laughs> just stop. We yeah, said we were don't. sorry. I, it was an accident. You're not scarred from CAS it. Yes, doesn't need to know. We're good. You walked it off. You're fine. <laughs> yes, I remember. How could you ask me if I remember? <laughs> so I'm like, but you remember the day that I said that there was dad standing behind the tractor and dad kept on saying I hit my head. And she says, well, yeah, she remembered, obviously. Um, and then I actually held up the picture. I'm like, this was the man behind the tractor and he was wearing the same outfit. Now, the way my mom handled it, normal moms would probably freak out and thought that your child's having a delusion. But with me, what mom said was, the, you know, you need to consider yourself extremely lucky that Grandpa Theodore, who died in 1947, came back to help me so many years later. And he did so because he must love you. So obviously, I feel extremely lucky for a lot of reasons yeah. that day. But the cool thing is, though, I do know that my, my grandpa Theodore, even though he never met me in person, that he loves me in death and has my back. So that's when my mom says, well, you know, since we're talking about this, um, I'm going to show you something. So she went and left the room and came back with a box of pictures that I never seen before. She said, I want you to go through these pictures. Um, her mother gave them to him recently, and she wanted to know if I recognized anybody. So I took the first one out and it was a picture of a kid like in 1800s dress standing on a chair and uh, as a form of portrait standing on the chair at cute kid. Next one was a young couple on their wedding day and it had a date on the bottom saying 1901. Then the next one was of an elderly couple. So the man was standing behind the chair where his wife sat in and the woman sitting in the chair, it was Bernadette. Short, plump, looked like me, white hair, same thing. So as the years passed, I had convinced myself that what happened at the tractor didn't happen. And, well, I must have had imagined Bernadette. But now I just found out that I actually was right on both of them. That here's Bernadette and my grandpa right in front of me. So my mom actually explained the woman in the picture was my, her grandmother. And yes, her name was Bernadette. And she said how much she loved her grandparents, went over there all the time. And when I started talking about Bernadette and I started giving the description... She knew it was actually her grandmother taking care of me and actually gave her a lot of peace knowing that her grandma loved her own great grandchild. So that's why she didn't do anything to convince me different. Unlike my dad who said, you hit your head, Brenda, you hit your head. <laughs> so. <laughs> so how old were you at that time when all those pieces were connected? I'd say about six. Okay. Wow. About, about six. So I didn't really think much of this. Um, I'm just, I actually, after I kind of digested it, I honestly thought, well, this just happens to everybody, right? I, I was going to say, so six your... seems like the age where you would take that information and just really be able to digest it and be like, oh, okay, mm. this is what happened and not this seems need normal, to like dissect right. it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And since my mom was saying it was okay, well, I just went, 
watched Flintstones with my grandpa and called it a day. We did it every day at 12 o'clock, by the way. That was our thing. So that's why I keep saying we go watch Flintstones. But but everyone treated this so normally. Yeah. I thought it was fine, right? So about a year later, um, I decided um, to go, and or a couple years later, sorry. Isn't, I decided oh to go to jewelry shop. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. I'm like, isn't that how everything is with kids? Like, it's all about how you react about it. If you, as a parent, act like it's a huge deal, you're yeah. going to freak oh, the yeah. kid out and make him think it's a huge deal. If you act like, yeah. cool, no big deals, be safe, this is what's up, all right, have a good time. Then your kid is going to be like, cool, be safe, I hear you, have a good time, got it. <laughs> But the thing that actually really strikes me here is the fact that of the time, it wasn't current, right? This was in my childhood, but it's how my mom reacted. Right. It wasn't that, that right? It It's so actually um, open-minded comparative to the times, nevertheless, even now. Right. Could you not say if a kid came up to you and said, hey, um, I think I just seen your grandmother? Normally people like, no, you didn't. You hit your head. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Are you, <laughs> you okay? Didn't. Are you, you on something? Did you take PCP or did you get rid it's of a ride tractor? I mean, to be honest, if I had a three-year-old and my three-year-old came up to me and said that they were hanging out with someone who was in their closet and they described that person and that person was a dead relative of mine, I think, I don't know how I'd handle it. I think I would be spooked. And then I think I might be jealous and be like, why are oh they my visiting God. Like, you why did she come me? to you? And not me. <laughs> I love that. It's like that episode of the Golden Girls where um, Rose or uh, Dorothy's friend is a lesbian and she has a crush on Rose, and they tell Blanche, and Blanche is like all but hurt that she doesn't have a crush on her, <laughs> and she's like Rose, Rose, like she's like she's just upset that the lesbian has a crush on somebody that isn't her because she's like if you were gonna have a crush on somebody in this house, wouldn't it be me? And that's how that I would feel be about me. The ghost. If you're gonna you're haunt like, anyone gonna in this family, me? you're gonna visit my daughter. You've never even met my daughter. How you're not gonna come visit me? Wow, rude. Okay, I understand. That's it. But wow, I'm gonna rude. give kudos to my mom here for being absolutely yes. an amazing parent. No, because she's really good about the it. First thing she asks: Are you scared? Are you feeling safe? And I said to her, no, she makes me feel loved and safe. And she goes, well, then, which I think is hilarious. She's like, well, basically, don't bully Bernadette. <laughs> then she like comes to her grandmother's defense when she doesn't want to come around i'm trying to no, summon right. her up with a Ouija don't pull her into playing exactly so i think how my mom handled it is an example i think it's a really good example yeah. how parents should react you know because the simple fact that she made sure her child was safe she made sure the ghost was safe and then we continued and on and then it was also a really good <laughs> lesson about consent Oh yeah <laughs> exactly right i We're mean honestly like, you know what? if you feel safe she feels safe you're all good it's cool but as honestly, soon as one of you is like, was... I don't like this, you're done. Yes, exactly. So I honestly say for my time, for the time it was my mom, kudos to mom, you're cool. Just saying. So about a, a couple years after this, um, I decided to go to a jewelry shop to get that coin cleaned after a friend of mine suggested maybe they can give me insight on where it came from. So when I brought it in, um, the jeweler took a quick look at it, cleaned it. And he said, um, yeah, that's not a coin. It actually is a pendant. And he told me it was a St. Christopher's medallion. Um, the jeweler actually showed me the exact area where the little attachment for the chain broke off. And so when, as soon as he told me that, I'm like, well, I got to bring it back to the original state. Like, I just got to do it. So I got them to fix that little circly thing. And um, I was picking a chain to put it on. And when I picked out a chain, the jeweler's like, you know, that's really a, a man's chain. And I says, yeah, but it works. 
It was a heavier rope chain about um, a 17, um, a 17 inch rope chain. So I'm like, yeah, the, uh, that actually just seems to work really well mm-hmm. for me. So put on my formerly lucky coin and now lucky pendant on my neck and went over to my grandma's house a short time later. When grandma went in to give me a hug, she just stopped dead. Um, she literally pointed at the medallion that she seen on my chest and her, it freaked me out because her voice was really tight. And she's like, where did you get that? I honestly thought I was in trouble. So I told her uh, that story about how I found it when I was looking at the negatives on the porch swing and how I carried with me. And I just recently got it cleaned and fixed. And she told me at that time, the medallion actually belonged to my grandpa Theodore. And he actually wore it on his neck every day since she met him. On the day he died, grandma found the broken chain on his neck, but not the medallion. And she said she went through that porch. She literally, she actually told me she got a knife and went with a knife through the floorboards. Oh, wow. Trying to bring it up. And nothing. So she said, I felt so guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, please, you need to take this. You know, I want you to have it. And she goes, no, 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 no. It's very clear to me that Grandpa Theodore wants you to have it, not me. So it's yours. Mm-hmm. So to this day, I, I, like I said before, I always still wear it. But interestingly, after Grandma died, um, I inherited her original wedding band from that, that marriage. So I put the two together. And I actually said to my husband, I says, do you realize this is the first time that Grandma and Grandpa were together? since 1947 to me that's the that's really impactful so grandma and grandpa's with me everywhere I go I wonder if like I was gonna say I wonder if you know now that the two of them are together um I'm like with the pendants I'm imagining like a Hollywood film-esque scene where at one point you're in like a near-death situation and you survive and you look off into the distance and there's Grandpa Theodore and Grandma and he just like puts his arm around your grandmother and they like smile (laughs) and they turn around hand in hand and walk off into the distance and then like disappear but if you want to hear another Quick sidebar freaky story. I want to add one one thing that I didn't think about before, right? Because you said you always traveled with that piece, right? With that coin. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's a St. Christopher's medal, which St. Christopher is the patron saint of travelers. And I used to wear my St. Christopher's medal whenever I would travel. Um, but I love that you already, like, you had this instinct to carry it with you when you were, like, traveling around. And that's exactly yeah. what it was made for. The interesting thing to go on that is um, I love the fact on it. It's so old. It literally says in case of emergency, call a priest. (laughs) I love that. I love that. In case of emergency, call a priest. Call a priest. priest. (laughs) That can go so many directions. Like not just traveling. You know, if I just get possessed randomly, call the priest. Call a priest. Uh, Anything. If I get arrested for shoplifting, call the priest. Call a priest. (laughs) But um, interesting to go back on on your guys's um, the comment earlier um, to give you a little side spooky story about your your vision of the Hollywood ending. Um, when Grandma was ill, she got um, her last day. She was in the hospital. She had cancer, and I was at her bedside. And they basically she she was she well I work in healthcare, so I'm trying to make it not too healthcare lingoy. <laughs> but she became toxic on the the morphine. It's very common to have that as a body waste. So she started we thought hallucinating problem was was it because when she was in the palliative care room and we were there she actually started saying oh my god theodore's here for me and then she's like and he's with mike that's my grandparents and i'm like okay 
hallucination. It's possible. But then she mentioned a name of one of my Grandpa Mike's sisters. Grandpa Mike's sister, what Grandma didn't know, we kept the information from her. She was in that room right before Grandma got it. She died (gasps) and Grandma got the room. When Grandma got diagnosed, she was getting close to the end. We never told Grandma that his sister was actually literally in that room, passed in that room, and then she got moved in and she was passing <gasps> that room. And she was saying that she was there with her. And the cool thing is, if there's a cool thing, she was actually saying that they weren't actually at ground level. They were up a little bit. So if you do a little reading of what they say about the other plane, they do say it's about a foot or so above what ours is. So it made a lot of sense, but there is no possible way we ensured grandma did not know she went into Adelaide's room. Wow. Not, she hadn't. My, um, my mother passed away in, it was freaky. My mother passed away in 2012 and she, um, she died of sepsis after complications with heart surgery. But before my mom went into surgery, we were all in the room with her and my, um, like some of my aunts and, you know, my brother and stuff. And my mom asked everyone, did you see her? And everyone was like, who who are you talking about? And my mom said, mother. She said she saw her mother. And her mother died when I was like three. Um, And that was before my mother passed away. So she saw her mother in the room. So it's exactly that. If people don't think that there's something after, all you need to have to do is sit at somebody's bedside and you find out pretty quick that it's completely possible. I'll say this too on that note of, I mean, you know, just to corroborate all these stories, my grandmother, which we always called her my nanny, but I feel like when I say my nanny, people are like, you had a nanny? And I'm like, no, like it's Like a my babysitter nanny, right? Yeah, and you're um, like, no, no, no. But my nanny, months before she actually ended up passing, she swore up and down that she was seeing ghosts. And that she was seeing the ghost of her husband, my grandfather, and my dad, which my dad had passed away years prior, in the house. And then not only that, she was like, I'm just, I come in the house and there are all these people in my house. And I'm like, what are you doing here? And I just want them to get out of my house because they're just being so loud. And I'd be like, Nanny, where are these people coming from? She goes, they just come up from the floor. From the floor. From the floor. She's like, they just come up from the floor and I have to tell him, you got to be quiet because I need to sleep. She, oh and goodness. she would swear wow. up and down that she saw my papa, her husband. She saw him putting his boots on. She saw my daddy. And we always wow. took it as like, this is the dementia setting in. And probably three or four months after she had been very vocal about seeing the ghosts, she passed away. But I always wondered, I'm like, who knows? And like, we grew up in East Texas. Her land was on farmland. Like, I would firmly believe that there are other family members on that land, like if they're hanging around as ghosts. And that thing with my mom, yeah, that wasn't like right before, like minutes before she died. That was was a few weeks before she died. That was like before the surgery. And then she died a few weeks later. But like before she went under, when she was still kind of lucid like right before she went under I wonder and that's if when she saw her mom weird, and then my mom like, never really came back from that transition plane where it, that is the best that is the best way bit. to describe it because I feel like it's this place and it's almost like when you're between sleep and awake right mm-hmm. like this weird mm-hmm. place that's why people who have like sleep paralysis they see things they see people in the room they see things and I think it's a similar 
situation. Like you're in this place where you're right between sleep and awake. You're right between life and death. And you can see because you're kind of in that. I You're in both, you're in both, both places. places. Right. That's the yeah. best way to describe it. Like right when you're in that in between space. Yeah. Because in grandma's scenario, um, we were actually told at that time to call the priest and um, she ended up surviving another two weeks after that because she's stubborn. I used to say my grandmother was five foot one, uh, made of leather and thistles and barbed wire. <laughs> strong. I can only wish I'm half as strong as she is. Yeah. And uh, for her to say Adelaide, there's no way. Yeah. She knew Adelaide got diagnosed, um, but she had no idea she was that ill. Everyone kept it from her due to the fact of her condition. Yeah. And she had literally had no idea she went into the hospital and no idea specifically that room. We actually had to, it was getting bad for her. We actually had to close the curtains day and night. So she couldn't see outside because outside she would see stuff too. And we're like, oh, we can't, we can't put her through that. But originally we were thinking morphine, just to drugs. It's, she's hallucinating because of the toxicity. When she brought up Adelaide, um, I don't know about that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about that. I agree. And we, and all of us were talking, who told her? And nobody did. And we made sure when those conversations happened, it was nowhere near that room. Yeah. Yeah. It was freaky. So to go back to make this less scary and depressing. Uh, so fast forward a couple more years. Um, so actually one day, um, I had moved out at this point. I'm living on my own. Um, I go get the mail and there's a package. And I, I bring it to the house and I open it. So in this package is a gold tone kind of cardboard, old like vintage uh, box, jewelry box. So I opened it. It was a double set, a string set of pearls. And you could tell they were like way vintage because they have like that really big, like it was a rose clasp in gold. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, of course, you know, you do, by the way, if you ever want to see if pearls are real, you rub them on your teeth. Yep. Yeah, they're real. Um, and I'm like, you can tell they're vintage. Um, and I could kind of buy the class because I'm a huge antique girl. Um, it was about 1800s, early 1900s. Underneath the pearls was a note. So the note was from my mom. And it said that when her mom died, she inherited these pearls from her mother. Um, and they were actually a gift from her grandfather to his new wife, Bernadette, on their wedding on 1901. So grandma or apparently wore them all the time. And mom says she remembers um, in the note, she was saying Bernadette wearing them all the time. Um, so they gave her comfort in that way. So when she received the pearls, she always wanted to wear them. But she says for some reason, it just wasn't right. Like she says, I put them on about a million times and I would take them off and go with something else until that day. That day she was going out somewhere. She went to put the pearls on, said, this is the day. And as soon as she put those pearls on, she swears to this day, and we've talked about this a billion times, that she heard her grandma's voice saying, they're for her. That's all she heard. And she instantly knew at that point that the reason she got these and that she inherited them wasn't for her, but they were for me. And she said she knew it. And she wasn't even upset. She says she knew that her grandma Bernadette wanted me to have one of her prized possessions. And so mom instantly put them back in the in the box, wrote that note for me, wrapped them up and sent them out per later to me. Um, and I actually wear them all the time, um, in, intermix them to make a little more modern, but I wear them all the time because every time I wear them, I'm like, you know what? It's so cool that another person I never met has my back no matter what. I'm so lucky. I have, I got, I got the opportunity to have multiple sets of grandparents one of them even chose me. And then I have great grandparents and grandparents who I never got to meet that have my back all the time. So why wouldn't I be happy on that? So is the question, do I believe in the supernatural? 
there are some, a lot of things, guys, out there that is unexplained, and I can't explain any of this to you. But what I can say is, do I actually need to explain it? I personally don't think so. I just, I do have the belief that because of this, that when we die and when we move forward, if we want to bad enough or need to bad enough, we still can influence the lives of the who we love. And I truly do believe unfinished that Unfinished business, be Brenda. That's exactly right? what unfinished business is. But if it wasn't for my grandpa, I don't think my dad, my, maybe I like. Might not survive that tractor here. situation. And only, I'm pretty sure I'm the only one out there that has ever been run over by a tractor. But if you have any listeners that do, please send some emails. Yeah, I don't think maybe, maybe not any listeners who survived being run over by a tractor, (laughs) but I feel like there has to be other, another person who survived being run over by a tractor. I have a question, Brenda, because you just, you know, talking about this, me thinking, what, what prompted your parents to stop the tractor because you said when you were in the bucket, you were out of their line of sight. So I'm assuming Correct. that when you popped out of it, you were also out of their line of sight. They didn't. So did, did, did they feel the bump and they're like, that wasn't a squirrel? Or do you think your dad I, I felt something? I can honestly something? say, I honestly can't say because I've asked my mom and my mom, because my dad has mm. passed. Um, and my dad um like mom says she doesn't really know she doesn't remember seeing it she doesn't remember me going under she just remembers me on the ground um she says she has no idea what it was that made them stop the tractor but honestly i think it was my grandpa yeah i really do that's what why i else wonder you've been there i'm like yeah. I, I wonder if one of the reasons too why your dad was so quick to be like you hit your head you bumped your head is because he too didn't want to believe that he maybe just had some like his his own father tapping him on the shoulder and being like yo you about to run over your baby but if it makes you feel any better about this um so my dad passed um 14 years ago and when my dad pa- or before my dad passed, I think even the last 10 years, he actually, again, he was very old school, um, old school farmer, the biggest belt buckle known to man. <laughs> uh, but um, dad actually would start asking me questions. It was almost like he was getting very comfortable with it. And um, he knew that I always knew things. And he knew that I always, I will, like, I just knew. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what my dad did is, um, this sounds horrible uh, in a way. There was, well, I flew up for a visit and I, my sister's like, hey, there's this girl, like she's a psychic and she, like, she, she used to tell me all these predictions she made locally and she's really well known. So I booked you and me and mom to go, let's do it. I'm like, yeah, let's, yeah. let's do it. Let's go. So we went there. Now, what they didn't know at the time is my husband's mother was ill, quite ill. And, um... So what I did is I asked the psychic a question, um, who, um, who do I need to worry about health-wise in my family? And she didn't say my, I, I did it almost to see if she'd say my mother-in-law, right? Mm-hmm. She said my dad. And I'm like, what do you mean my dad? And she turned to my mom and she said, I don't know if you want to hear this. And mom's like, no, I want to hear it. And she said to me, she goes, Brenda, if you don't intervene right now, you're not going to see him at the end of the year. And she said, "You, but Helen, you're, that's my mom's name. You're actually going to be a young widow, no matter what. <gasps> I know. Like, isn't that like totally the anti-psychic thing to yeah, do? I wish I hadn't she come said, here tonight. And she said, this is, it has something to do with his heart. And the thing is, I knew about my grandpa Theodore and, and he had a, his heart attack at 50. Oh, and usually they say at 50, yeah. that means a gene. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. So I went home and it, I just, I was sick to my stomach. 
Um, I literally went to my, I went to my dad and I said, okay, he goes, what'd you guys do today? We said, yeah, we went to the psychic. And he's like, yeah, whatever. Cause again, he's a cowboy. So, um, dad is like, yeah, whatever. And I, I looked at my dad and I'm like, dad was, when was the last time you went to the doctor? And he's like, ah, now about 10 years ago. Can you please make an appointment for a checkup right now? I want you to get your heart checked. And he goes, why? And I said, the psychic said so. And he's like, you need to give a better reason than that. <laughs> and I looked at him and I literally started crying. And I said, please, dad, I'm begging you. My gut is saying this is right. If you love me, you'll go to the doctor as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. So he went to the doctor that he asked for cardiac tests. When he got the cardiac test done, um, they discovered that his cholesterol was high. So they put him on a diet. He wasn't chunky, by the way, uh, or anything like that. But they put him on a cardiac diet. He lost some weight. They put him on a medication. Um, he um, lasted another uh, couple years out of that. We actually got him for another 10. Thank God. Um, what happened was, um, this is going to sound very scary and it's going to be a downer. Um, but um, basically, I got a phone call one day. It was about 3.30 in the morning. And I, I rolled over and I said to my husband, my dad's dead. <gasps> yeah. And... Um, the thing is, he actually went missing. Um, so he actually had a massive heart attack outside. <gasps> and it took about 38 hours to find oh. him. And we were on news all throughout Canada because he was missing. The whole community went to find him. Brenda. But my dad. Yeah, so it's sorry. true. My dad. Well, dad died from a massive heart attack, just like oh. his father. Now, here's the weird thing. Ever since I was a kid and I heard the story about my uncle Theodore or my grandpa Theodore, I knew that's how my dad was going to oh. die. And I... I knew he was going to die of a massive heart attack. And I, we, I remember talking about this to my siblings as kids. So making this more cheery before my dad passed, um, he actually started to believe and, and, um, he started asking me questions and about things. He says, you know what? I'm really worried about one of his brothers who had some issues. And I said, you don't need to worry about him. He's like grandma. He's made of barbed wire. Um, but his wife, who actually is um, my mom's sister, you need to worry about her. You need to worry about her. And I said, she needs to take care of herself. She's going to go before him. And you know what? Well, that happened. Oh, wow. Yeah. So my dad would ask me questions. So my dad believed. And I can honestly say, and I'll save it for another show. Um, my dad came back to everyone. He made it very well known after he passed. And he actually, the day after the funeral, everybody knew. Wow. So that's another story for another wow. time, my friends. Dad was like, I got some any... unfinished business and I am not going to take my I... time with it. You're all going to know right away. But here's the thing. I was mad. I was really angry at him because yeah. he didn't come to me. He went to literally every person but me. There it is. That's how I when, feel. If my what do we say? What do we say? What? But I literally said, I was, I was actually, I was sitting at the dining room table with my two cousins and I'm like, Jesus Christ, he literally just came to both my cousins. And I'm like, what the hell? I was his child. He knows that I can pick up this stuff. Like the Why fuck, the hell? dad? Why the hell? And I said, didn't he care? And so was my cousin Rob. He turned to me and he says, you know what the problem probably is? He says, you're so overwhelmed with emotion that you're just not picking it up. Mm. He's probably just screaming at you, Brenda. Listen to me. And as soon as Rob said that, I swear this is true. My mom and dad had a stereo that was in a wall unit, like a china cabinet in the dining room. So we're sitting at the dining room table. It turned on <gasps> by itself. It flipped to song number six. We watched it. You could see it flipping one, two, three, four, five, six. And it started playing this song, which was dad's one of his favorites. And so I looked up and I said, dad, you know, we all hate country music. Turn that shit off. 
it turned off like that. Wow. Done. Can I ask you what song it was? (laughs) It was actually a country song. It was a mixed disc. And my dad... Or sorry, my cousin Rob turned to me and he, he he's a spooked. Now you got to imagine Rob, big guy, six two. You know he works in the oil fields in Alberta. Tough guy. He just he's white, mm-hmm. and he's like, um, I think Auntie has some ghosts in her house. And I said, No, oh, I think Dad kind of tried to uh, be part of the conversation right now. Actually, how about we go outside? And I looked up. I said, You know what? Thank you, Dad. I actually really needed that right now. That is exactly what I needed, and thank you for that. Brenda goes, No, that's my dad. No, he's just being cool and turn off the country music. I hate country music. My mom was all about country. What song was it? I'm trying to re- well, I'm trying to remember what it was because it's a mixed dick, and I'm trying to remember oh. what it was six, but it was a Travis Tritt song. Oh, oh my god. Yep. Yeah. There's here's a quarter. Call someone who cares. Um, <laughs> hello, T R O U B L E. It's a great day to be alive. <laughs> that's it. That's the one your that's dad it. played. It's a great day to be alive. Which now I realize. <laughs> But I'm just thinking that's a day after his funeral. Now that I realize it, that's just so creepy. I just realized it now. <laughs> hey, thanks, Dad, for that creepy little right. Your dad's just there. messing with you. Oh, he's totally screwing with me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the cool sun's still it. shining when I close my eyes. Some hard times in the neighborhood, but why can't every day be just as good? <laughs> I'm very familiar with that song, Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also particularly familiar with Travis Tritt. <laughs> That's mostly because when I was a kid and my brother and sister um, wanted to be mean to me, which was often because I was the little one, uh, whenever I was talking about something, they would go, here's a quarter, call someone who cares, <laughs> which is another Travis Tritt song. It's amazing that as an adult, I pretty well know every song, like if they play it, I don't even know names, but like Conway Twitty, this is all these people that my parents listen to, mm-hmm. uh, Johnny Cash, mm-hmm. you name it, I know all of it, and I'll just start singing it, and my husband will be like, how the hell, my, with Garth Brooks, uh, I'm like, I grew up in Brooks, but yes. F nowhere, Alberta, <laughs> yep. that I learned by osmosis. Um, my favorite, my mom's favorite song was He Stopped Loving Her Today by George Jones. Oh. I, yeah. Are you, Sarah, do you know that song? Yeah, I was like, you know I grew up with all of this, too. Right. Um, any <laughs> listeners who aren't familiar, the guy at the very beginning of the song, he tells this woman, I'm going to love you until I die. And she's like, you'll get over it. And it goes on <laughs> about how all these years, like, he kept all of these things thinking that she might come back to him and he's got all their love letters and all these pictures. But you know what? He stopped loving her today. He finally did it. He stopped loving her just like he said he would. And the the song is telling you that he because fucking he died. died. <laughs> like today's the day. He stopped loving her today because today's the day he died and he loved her till he died just like he said he would. And my mom loved that fucking song. <laughs> so she loved a stalker song. Oh my god! That's what you're saying? Yes, totally. That's kind of stalkery. That just yeah. like I mean, going, that song. Imagine it in another voice, right? I love you until the day I die. <laughs> oh god, you say it like yeah, yeah that puts a different context you to it. Put the right twang on it. Yep. Yep. I agree. Totally creepy. <laughs> well, Brenda, I want to thank you oh so much gosh. for coming on our show today. Brenda, this person, I love it. It was like three ghost stories in like one ghost story, like like one know, big like umbrella. They, yeah, with they all tied facets. together. In the movie that is Brenda's life. 
I love it. it. Exactly. My mom always tells me, this is a true story. My mom says to me since I was a kid, you need to write a book because only this weird shit happens to you <laughs> and people need to hear it. Like, for example, she goes, Brenda, how many people have been caught in a hostage situation? You. How many people got run over by a tractor? You. <laughs> that's true. I was actually in a I was like, Brenda, situation. that sounds like I, a story for I, another I think, episode. A hostage it situation. Is, and I, I totally, here's, here's it in a synopsis. Firstly, I wasn't holding the gun. Secondly, I just happened to be shopping in a sports check. Just saying. Then they locked down the mall because there was a shooter. But either way, the long story is I got hooked or stuck in this stupid room in the back of a sports check for two and a half hours. And they wouldn't even tell us what's going on. But I'm not dumb. I could look out the window and see the SWAT team with the dogs with the oh big AKs gosh. outside. Jesus Christ, Seriously. Brenda. What? <laughs> What a so life. My, what a fucking life you lead. And he says, all I came here was pick up some MMA gloves. What the hell? I'm not getting out of here. And then these guys at Sports Checks like Brenda, uh, excuse me, minions that is here. How about you help us put clothes on a rack? I ain't working for free. Hostage or no hostage. What? I am not working. That's what they, they were trying to divert our attention. Sorry, that doesn't work for me. I, I do true crime on my podcast. I see shit. And I know that you guys are putting boards on. I actually went to the manager. You're putting boards on the windows. I seen the SWAT outside with the dogs and the AKs. What's actually happening? I won't tell the people. They're just dumb. So don't worry and about it. And he's like, this is just the like, weirdest oh, yeah, group interview you've ever been on. Go hang some clothes. <laughs> <laughs> just tell them. And, and at the end of it, like, they were okay. like, guess what, Brenda? You got the job. <laughs> Brenda's like, I don't want they it. Actually, <laughs> they actually did <laughs> offer me one afterwards. Oh, and they're no. like, well, you can't call if you want to come work with us. I'm like, hell no. <laughs> No, I'm not hanging clothes, but they were trying to keep us busy by hanging clothes. I'm sorry, dudes. I'm I'm not working for free. I'm worth more than that. Give me some clothes for (laughs) free. Oh, my goodness. But everybody else was working and they were clueless until they let us out two and a half hours later from this active shooter situation. That's insane. Oh my god! Yeah, it was a little weird. You Brenda, you get stories you keep coming about more horrifying history (laughs) and not just things that happened to her, but things that happened. elsewhere in the world is it in the world or is it canada specific well no we actually do everywhere um i I actually purposely i do purposely a couple episodes or all my episodes i try to hit every continent if i can um but um yeah we we talk about everything and everyone and if you hear that in the background that's my um podcast is that gizmo Gizmo, um freaking out upstairs god he's ready he is ready how dare you do a podcast without me no it's funny because when stephanie and i started our podcast we were living together and we were recording on the floor in front of the bed in my bedroom and we both had our our animals yeah, like we scratching had a cat at the and door. A dog. I had my cat. She had her dog. They were on yeah. the hardwood floor scratching and crying outside. So we're used to it. People don't understand our. They don't understand our podcasting pain at all. They do don't they? get it. They don't. they don't get it. Brenda, I want to thank you so much yes. for coming on the show oh, today. Thank you. Yes. Oh, thank you. Check out thank Horrifying you. History. Do it it's now. on all of the podcasting places. It's on iTunes. It's on Stitcher, I'm assuming. It's on Google Play. It's on SoundCloud. It's it everywhere that you everywhere. can find your podcast. You can find Horrifying History. If you want to support our show, Dead Time Stories, we have a Patreon. And not, uh, not only do we have a Patreon, we have a really amazing, exciting surprise for you, even if you're just a $1 subscriber. If you're subscribed to our Patreon, we have a Halloween gift, which yeah. is me and Sarah did a reaction video to Dead Silence. Woo! Hooray! It's 
and that's oh, I love those videos. Oh my god, it's gonna be so much fun. Excited. We're gonna drop it on Halloween on the Patreon, and even if you're a one dollar subscriber, anybody on that is subscribed to our Patreon is gonna have access. But remember, we have one dollar, five dollar, fifteen dollar tiers. They all have really awesome, really exciting. I don't want to say prizes, but incentives there you go. for supporting our show. You get all sorts of extra bonus content, including you get I Seen It, you get the Ghost Farts, you get Christina's Me, Myself, and YouTube series. It is all super awesome, and it's all available through our Patreon. Of course, we also sell merch on our website, deadtimestorieswithaz.com. We're going to be dropping some really cool new merch soon that we're working on. Super excited about it. But, of course, we also understand times is hard, y'all. The Rona is still going around. And if you can't support us financially, that is okay, because there is still a really fantastic way you can support the show, which is by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. Tell your friends, if you take a screenshot and you send it to us at our email deadtimestories with a z at gmail.com or slide into our dms on instagram we will send you a sticker to your house for free and i think that's a net gain because it didn't cost you any money to leave that review but you're getting a sticker which we could charge for and we don't so we definitely you know that's a good deal it's a sweet (laughs) deal I got to do it today. I want the sticker. I'm so excited. It's a good sticker. And then, like I said, we've got new merch coming soon that we're working on that I'm super excited about. I can't wait. And, yeah, it's going to be super great. And it's been a really good Guest-toberfest. Guest-toberfest Volume 3 is wrapping up. And I I feel like it's been our best Guest-toberfest yet. Oh, my gosh. And I wanted to thank you guys for bringing me on. I, I really, truly do enjoy your podcast. I'm a listener. And and uh, to have the opportunity, I'm, I'm very happy for it. You guys are a lot of fun. So invite me back anytime. Big hint. Invite <laughs> me. We'll hear all about the details of that hostage situation yes. and asking you to hang up some shirts, yeah, Brenda. Yeah, that sucked. Like, there's nothing. Okay. Just for the record, there's nothing worse than being locked in a store or a store back room that's a sport check. Couldn't you like put me in a jewelry store? Something shoes, exciting. Something exciting. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Ew. Nothing. I don't want anything here. Sports check. Ugh. Gross. Yeah, Brenda, we are so thankful to have Sucked. you on. Everyone, please go check out Horrifying History. It's really fantastic. Brenda, you've got what, like 35 episodes out now? So far? Um, I, I think we're 35, yeah, 37 girl. plus or minus. I, I, I always, I, I kind of record a little bit ahead. So I'm working on episode 50 right now. Yes. Um, a but, little um, bit I, ahead. Good Lord. Yeah, she's ahead. way more ahead but than us. But honestly, just had my, pod, my first year podcast anniversary just had it. And Congratulations. it was yesterday. And uh, so, yay. yay. And I'm going to do at least another 50 more. I love doing it. Do it. I love being on shows like you guys. Yeah, yeah go check out Brenda's show. Tell her how much you love her show. And Brenda, we can't thank you enough. We're so excited to hopefully have you back on again in the future. Excellent. You call on there. Thank I'm there. you. <laughs> yes. Yay. Well, with all that being said, I'm Stephanie. I'm Sarah. I'm Brenda. Hey. And, and this, has, this been has been Dead Time Stories. Thanks for listening. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, you bitch. I don't know. That's where it went. That's what happened. We'll see what happens. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Curnison. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman. 